Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to flip like some gymnastics over to the book of Psalms, to the book of Psalms, chapter number 51. So we're going to go to Psalms chapter number 51, and we're going to land on verse number 12. Amen. So Psalms 51, verse number 12. Um, and again, we want to honor God. I know we're not in, in a corporate place, but we still want to honor God. Amen. So if you can indulge me, but honor God by standing. Amen. For the reading of God's word. So here begins the reading of God's holy word. As we're standing, it says, Psalms 51, verse number 12, it says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And we're dropping down to verse number 15. O Lord, open down my lips and my mouth shall show forth thy praise, for thou desireth not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou would not despise. You can be seated in the presence of our living God. And the title that we're working with on today is I choose you again. I choose you again. Amen. Is there anybody that wants to choose God all over again? Amen. I'm so glad that God still chooses me, whether I'll obey or disobey, whether I'm in a moment of rebellion, whether I have a moment to relapse, I'm still glad and grateful and thankful that God still chooses me, that he loves me in spite of and not because of. Amen. Even when I mess some things up, even when I don't do it right, I'm so grateful and I'm so honored that God still chooses me. I'm so glad that God is not going back on what he said concerning my life, even though he knew I was I'm going to already mess up some things. I'm so glad that God still chooses me. He still allows his hands to be upon me. He's still watching over his word that he spoke about my life to perform that what he's spoken. And so because God can still choose me in spite of all my flaws, in spite of all of my mess up and hang up and my shortcomings, guess what? I am of the presence of mind that I want to choose God all over again. Amen. I want to choose God all over again. So I bless the wonderful name of our most high God. And we are here in a familiar passage of scripture. And understand, we, we all know about this particular passage of scripture. David began to write this particular song after the prophet came and pointed his finger in his faith. And see, some of us, you are at that place where you need a prophet to come and point their finger in your face and tell you, no, it is you. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. Nobody else but you to put the blame on. It is you. You're in this predicament because of the choice that you you made and see we're talking about the choices that king david actually made uh do you know somebody can you relate there but choices where you have momentary lapses of, of, of having or displaying good judgment um because something felt good to you or you thought it was going to be good to you you chose that thing rather than choosing to honor god's word or choosing to honor god by by disciplining yourself not to indulge in certain things but just like david some of us have chosen to do some things that were contrary to god's will and so you got to understand and according to the law, because David orchestrated this man Uriah's life to be taken by putting him at the front of the battle in the heat of the battle, according to the law, David should be dead. That's why I, I, I understand when David said, listen, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. This because he understood he was not supposed to have another opportunity to go into the temple and worship God. 
but I'm so glad that God is full of mercy and full of grace and full of love. You know, what he would give or allow us opportunities to get right. Even though we have made wrong choices or bad decisions, God still would afford us opportunities to get right, to come back into right standing, to get back to a place of righteousness, to be right before God, to be right standing with God. And so we're talking about the choices, uh, dealing with the choices that David made, right? And, and some of these choices took place according to this particular chapter while David was king. And we know the story where he committed adultery with Bathsheba, but at the same time, he he, he calls her husband to be sent to the heat of the battle, at the forefront of the battle. And, 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 and because of that, her husband ended up dying. And, and, and through all of that, you know, that, that, moment of adultery we understand that there was a child that came forth but because of what david did this thing displeased the lord because of what he did uh, god told him that he would take that child and we understand david went into a, play, a time of fasting a time of worship seeking god you know pleading with god that god would spare the life of the child but it wasn't to be so it wasn't to be so and so through this, we see that there were consequences based upon the choices that David made. There were consequences. Nobody wants to be honest and talk about there were consequences based upon the choices that we all make. Consequences. Amen. So we're dealing with the choices that David made. And, and he made a choice to commit adultery. But after committing adultery and, and after the prophet came to speak to him, and deal with him, to bring him to a place of correction, to, to, to cause his eyes to be open and to understand that it is you, it's you, my brother, it's you, my sister. What I like is then David makes a decision to turn back to the Lord. He makes a decision to seek God again. He makes a decision to fast. He makes a decision to praise. He makes a decision to worship. He makes a decision to pray and consult God. And before he starts pleading for the life of the child, he goes and talks to God and repents about the sin that he did. He made a decision to go and repent. And why are we talking about this? Because when you talk about the decisions and the choices that we make, understand there were some decisions and choices that we made that have caused us to err, that has caused us to stray away slightly from God, where we're not as close as we once worked with God. We don't talk to God as often as we used to talk with God. And I say this because I was stirred in my spirit from our Thursday men's you know, change series. There were some things that, you know, our, our apostle began to speak. And, you know, after we had our meeting, you know, I was talking with Pastor Ivan about, you know, some of the things that uh, we were trying to do and uh, uh, even concerning some of the things that apostle had spoken to us. And I said, you know, it's, 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 it's as if those times as men, you know, uh, we're not good. Men are not that very good at expressing their emotions. You know, now there, there, there are some who can express, you know, and, and do it very well um, how they feel, what they're feeling, what they're thinking, whether it be about themselves or whether it be about others. You know, I, I, I am not that very good. You know, I, I can do it halfway a little bit, but I can express to you, you understand what I'm saying? I don't, don't, don't hold my foot to the fire, no, and don't hold this against me you know what I mean sometimes I can do it and sometimes I'm not that good at it is what I'm trying to say but what I'm saying is 
When apostle began to speak to us as men, there were so many things that God allowed him to catch and speak to us. And I was saying to Pastor Ivan, you know, you know, it's, it's, it was like that moment when you as a man, you as a husband, I'm trying to express to my wife or I'm trying to express to my children what I feel about them, what they mean to me. And I don't know how to quite express it or I don't know how to quite capture the words to express what it is that I feel uh, so that they can understand what it is that I feel about them, how I view them. Uh, uh, and, and, and it's like when you go to a store and you, you, you find that perfect card, you know, and this perfect card is capturing everything you felt like you were trying to express, but really didn't know how to put the words together. But God let someone else interpret what it is that you were feeling, what it is that you were thinking. And they put your thoughts, your emotions on this card. And you say, oh, that's it, right? That this is what I was trying to say. Well, that was the moment that I had, you know, considering the things that apostle began to speak that God gave him concerning the men. And so I was disturbed to move in my spirit and I felt compelled to come here because a lot of times you think about different choices and decisions that we have made as individuals, as the sons of God, the children of God, that we're not close to the father like we once were. Mm -hmm. There are other things that we chose over God. And see, I, I, I'm going to talk about me. One of the things that I begin to tell the people, I, 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 and I was saying to God, like, God, I just don't understand why would you let us experience, you know, you know, even being married down here. But when we get there with you, there is not going to be any marriage. And why would you let us experience the love of children? You understand? All these things are symbolic of being in covenant relationship with you. But why would you let us experience this type of love, God? I said, I know you're not going say it, but I told God when I was confessing on that Thursday night, I said, you know what? I found some things that I was resenting God a little bit for the fact that you would allow us to experience this type of love, then automatically take it away. Why, why would you take that away, God, when these things are, 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 are examples of covenant relationship, being in covenant relationship with you? Why would you take these things away? Why would you even allow us to have it from the onset? Anyhow, God, and, and, and the point that I'm trying to make is uh, yes, I, I know that, that I love God with everything thing in me and I know that I try my best to put God first but can I go ahead and be real there were some days God is not first uh, there were some days that I, I I question why you let me experience this type of love and I and I began to struggle with the love of my family and, and, and loving the will of God I'm gonna go ahead and be honest loving loving my family and loving the will of God and because at one point when I first got say I believe that I would die for this gospel but because God has given me a wife and children now I, I I ain't gun ho if that is indeed what God wants. I'm not that too gun ho about dying for the gospel because in my mind, what I, I, I think about what if I die before my wife or what if I die before my children and the fact that they would have to mourn the loss of a husband or mourn the loss of a father uh, that that pain that I experienced in my heart, even though I'm not even dead yet, the pain that I experienced in my heart because of what they might feel in the loss of me not being here, it bothers me. And so I find myself some days saying, God. Is there another way, God? If indeed you're calling me to die for the sake of the gospel, is there another way, God? Can, can we do something different, God? I, I'm not saying that I want to divorce you, God. I want to go with you all the way. And like the old folks say, I'm going to keep running because I want to see what the end is going to be, God. But I'm just saying, is there another way, God? I want your glory to still be revealed. But is there another way, God, that we can, can do something else where they don't have to experience the loss of a husband and the loss of a father in that particular manner for the sake of your will, God.
So I find myself trying to negotiate with God if indeed that is the case because it bothers me. And, 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 and until Apostle began to speak it, I would have never put the word down that I got a little bit of resentment in my heart about what God has called me to do. But there were times when God would remind you, listen, before I gave you the wife and before I gave you the children, you already knew what I was calling you to do. You already knew that I called you. And see, there were sometimes you allow yourself to become lax on what God has said to you. You allow yourself to become so familiar and lax in your surroundings and with those that are around around you to you are not as serious about the will of God like you once were. You are not on fire like you used to be. Now, the truth of the matter is, I, I, I was talking to Pastor Ivan again about it. I said, listen, uh, I, I know there is a fire still on the inside of me, but that fire is not like the fire of a blazing fireplace, uh, but it's like the fire that's sitting on top of a candle, a little small fire. You understand what I'm saying? But I bless God that there is still some sort of fire there, right? Because uh, God has the ability to transfer that small fire and cause that small fire to turn into a blaze again. And I'm saying that small fire is there because of my, 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 my lack of desire to seek after God, to chase after God like I once was. I'm talking about you got to go back and remember what life was when you first got saved. Oh, you got to bless his. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? That's a moment to bless his wonderful name right there when you go back and remember how he first touched you, how he first delivered you, how he first set you free, how, how you were aware of the things that you were headed, these dangerous places that you were headed, but God divinely intervened and changed your life. God divinely intervened and snatched you out of the hands of the enemy. And I'm talking about change your life for the better, change your life for the good, save and sanctify your very soul down on the inside of you. And when you think about that, it brings a joy on the inside of you. I'm talking about for those of us who understand truly the salvation, right? Uh, uh, meaning what he saved me from. Oh, yes, yeah, what, what he saved me from. Because if God would not have intervened when he intervened, oh, my God, I, I, I can't tell you where I would be right now. That's why the Bible said, if it wasn't for the Lord who was on my side, he was on my side, even though I wasn't choosing him. He was still on the side of his word because he knew what he had already thought. He knew what he already spoke about me, whether or not I heard it, whether or not I was interested in it, whether or not I was going to try to fulfill it. He was still interested in his word, even when I couldn't have the faith to believe that he was going to do what he said. He was not going to fail himself. He understood. I must honor my word above my own name. And so guess what? He had interest in me even when I was not interested in him. And I bless his wonderful name to know that he loves me that much that while I was an enemy, he was still mindful of me. He was still blocking some things. He was still pushing back something. He was still making sure, although you experience this, I'm still going to get the glory. It's still going to work out for your good. I'm still going to use that. You're going to get lessons from it. From your experience, you're going to learn lessons and principles from this thing because you're going to be able to help somebody else in that same situation. And there's going to come a moment in your life you're going to give me the glory about this thing that you experienced. It doesn't feel good while you're going through it. Oh, but you're going to see the 
witness of who I am. You're going to see my grace that was present. You're going to see my love that was present. Oh, and you're going to throw your hands up and you're going to open your mouth and you're going to bless my name as you come into the remembrance of it was God that brought you out of this bondage. Yeah. And so I bless his name. I bless his wonderful name when I am reminded of how God has delivered me, when I am reminded of how God has set me free and saved my soul, even though, and regardless of the choices that I've made, some intentional, some unintentional, but nevertheless, God was still God, and he will always be God. And so we find ourselves here, David says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And this ought to be the cry of our hearts, restore, when I'm talking about God, to return, to bring back the joy of the salvation, of your salvation, God. And understand this right here, because we say, I choose you again, right? When we choose something, it's simply defined, to choose is simply defined as to select freely, right? And the consideration. So after I've considered, when you think about David in this place that he is, uh, he's had time to consider after the prophet has come and pointed his finger, after the prophet has came and brought correction, he has had time to consider the wrongs that he has done, uh, the lies that he's interrupted, the lies that he's brought harm and hurt to, but not just the lies in this natural realm. He also has a moment to, to, to consider how he has disrespected God and to consider how he has hurt the heart of God. And you understand what I'm saying? So now he has an opportunity to choose again, make a choice again. And oftentimes you hear me say the most powerful thing, separate and apart from God's spirit and his word, the most powerful thing that God has given you is the ability to choose or make a choice. And so now David is going to put that to test again. He's going to utilize his choice again and to select freely and consider, okay, after I look at all the confusion and the chaos, the hurt and the pain that I brought because of a choice that I have made, what can I now do in order to help try to correct some of this stuff. Uh, I can make a choice uh, to come back to God. I can make a choice to go and repent. I can make a choice to ask God to forgive me. I can make a choice to go and ask those that are wrong to forgive me. I can make a choice to go and apologize and say, listen, I'm wrong for what I did. I'm not making any excuses. Just understand I'm wrong for what I did. I should have not done what I did to you. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, I can make a choice to want to be right. I can make a choice to want to be back in right standing, not just with God, but with those that I'm wrong, I can make a choice and want to come out of what I'm in. You understand? Because when we talk about repentance in the Hebrew context, and it's talking about burn down the bridge and burn down the house that I have nothing to return back to. I can make a choice not to return back to this thing that has brought all this hurt and pain. I can make a choice to want to be right, to want to be free, to want to praise God again, to want to be in his presence again, to want to dwell in the beauty of holiness. I can make that choice. So he says, restore to me the joy. He's saying, return to me, God. Bring back that joy. And when you talk about that joy, joy in the Hebrew was talking about uh, that cheerfulness I had before I made this mistake right here. Huh? There was a cheer. I was full of cheer at one point in my life, God, because, listen, I was a man after your own heart, God. All I did was I was in pursuit of you, God. I was chasing you, God. I wanted to be closer to you, God. I wanted to know you better, more intimately, God. I wanted to hear your voice, God, in the morning, in the 
noonday, God. Late in the midnight hour, I wanted to experience you, God. I wanted to feel your touch, God. I wanted to know your comfort, God. I wanted to know your peace, God. I wanted you to reveal deeper revelations to me, God. I wanted you to show me mysteries in your word, God. I wanted you to open up the realm of the spirit to me, God, and show me, God. I wanted the deep to call out unto me, God. I wanted you to pull me closer, God. I wanted to know what was your, on your heart, God. I wanted to pick up your heartbeat, God. I wanted to know, have my finger on the pulse of God, to know what is moving the heart of God. But because of one mistake, God, because of one bad choice, God, I find myself now not as close as I used to be, God. I find myself now, God, struggling with getting up for prayer. I find myself now not wanting even to give God praise, uh, knowing that he deserves the praise all throughout the day. Because guess what? Throughout all the 24 hours in the day, he still remains good because he's a God that change of not. And if he was good yesterday, he's good today. And when tomorrow gets here, he'll still be good. He deserves the praise from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. But because of this bad choice that I made, I find myself struggling with giving God the praise. And because of the condemnation and because of the guilt. And you got to understand that David, because of what he did, he was a man that was moved. He was a man that was very compassionate about things. He was a man that was sensitive to God and sensitive on the inside of a man. So understand, you know, he was struggling with the guilt of what he has done. He was struggling with the condemnation of what he has done. Oh, but I thank God oh, that he has removed the condemnation. He has broken the yoke of guilt off of us uh, so that we can experience the peace of God, the love of God. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So he says, restore unto me the joy and the joy that cheerfulness. I want to be full of cheer again. Uh, joy is also defined as gladness, God. Bring gladness back into my life, God. Because after I did what I did, God, I'm no longer have cheer like I used to. After I did what I did, God, I don't have that gladness like I used to. God, some days, God, I'm dealing with the depression from the mistake that I I made. I'm dealing with the happiness from the mistake that I made, the bad choice I know that I made, because the truth of the matter is, God, when I was making the choice, I knew that was wrong, God, but it was what I wanted to do in that moment, and now that the full weight of the consequence have come from my choice, God, that thing has left me dealing with the guilt, that thing has left me dealing with the shame, it has left me dealing with the condemnation, it has left me dealing with the pain, not just the pain of the mistake that I made, but I'm also carrying the burden of the pain of those that I hurt, God, and I can't deal with this thing right, God. So if I ain't kept the enemy, which try to push me over into suicide, if I ain't kept the enemy, try to make me lose my mind or have a nervous breakdown or emotional breakdown. Oh, but the devil is a lie. I thank God that God will intervene. I thank God for his shame and grace. I thank God for the mercy of God. Uh, I thank God for the hand of God is still upon me, that even when the enemy is trying to attack me and get me to push myself to do something contrary to the word of God, I am reminded that I shall live and not die, because uh, I must declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. I am so glad that God is still interested in me. When I had a momentary laugh of not being interested in God, he was still mindful of me. Oh, and I bless his name. So David is saying, don't just return or bring back your cheerfulness or your gladness, God, but bring back the rejoicing, God. The enemy has got us to a point where we don't rejoice anymore. And I was listening to MIT Renisha do devotion last night, and she was talking about, out of all the things that God has done. And she was talking about all the children that Leah had. It wasn't until the fourth child. Huh? So it used to be on that first child you gave God praise uh, for God giving you and blessing you with the first child. But it wasn't until the 
womb child that she pushed out of her womb that something rose up in her let me give God praise uh, uh, because she was thinking that if I have this child and this child maybe my husband will love me then uh, but baby if your husband never loves you there is a God up in heaven that has always loved you if you can't find uh, the words to speak about yourself and if you can't find the love to love yourself there is a God that loves you more than you are even capable of loving yourself there is a God that understands you way more than you can even understand yourself so I'm so glad that God is who he is uh, and David is saying restore to me the joy that cheerfulness God that gladness God but I want to come back to the place where I can rejoice God huh I'm not just talking about when you do it in my life God because when I first got saved God when I heard how you blessed the life of somebody else God I would rejoice with those that were rejoicing God because you know what I found happiness and I found joy and I was walking out your word because your word says rejoice when they rejoice God so the fact that I'm living out or walking out your word God it brought joy to my soul God to be a partaker to celebrate God to bless your wonderful name God while someone else is giving you the praise about what you've done in their life and the truth so we would be like, listen, I'm praising God because guess what? That's what his words say. But I'm also blessing God because I got some things that I want God to do in my life. Yeah. And maybe God will see that. Listen, I didn't allow envy or jealousy to rule in my heart, but I can celebrate when God has blessed you. I can celebrate you and celebrate God for what he's doing in your life, even though he has not done it yet in my life. Oh, we call that that yet praise. Uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's that yet praise. He hasn't done it yet, but while he's doing it in your life, I'ma still bless his name. I'ma celebrate him while he's blessing you. I'ma celebrate while he's delivering you. I'ma celebrate while he's blocking confusion in your life. I'ma celebrate while your relationship is doing well. I'ma bless his wonderful name. I'ma lift up my hands and give him glory. I'ma open up my mouth and bless his wonderful name because he's God. Whether he's doing it in my life uh, or not, it doesn't matter. If he's doing it in your life and I have a seat where I can witness what God is doing, guess what? God has still put himself on display. And a lot of times we want God to put himself on display in our personal lives. Uh, but it should matter if God puts himself on display in your life or in the life of someone that's close to you. Just thank God that you have a testimony, whether it's your testimony or the testimony of the one that you see God is doing something in their life. Why? Because the testimonies of the Lord prove that God exists. They prove that God is real. They prove that God hears us. They prove that God is mindful of us. They prove that God is still interested in us. Oh, yes. And I bless his wonderful name. So David is saying, respond to me, the joy of that salvation. Because the truth be told, when you've been saved a good little while, I'm saying if you're really willing to be honest, when you've been saved a good little while and you got some time on your salvation, you got some time on your deliverance. Uh, oh, listen, listen, you begin to deal with things uh, where you just become uninterested in things. And you understand, you know scripture, you know how to pray, you know how to get revelation, you know how to seek him, you know how to fast. So so, so you're not as excited about these things like you once were when you first got saved. And it's, it's, it's in this, this lackadaisical mindset that the enemy will seduce us that, that, that we still know not understand what I'm saying. We still know prayer and fasting and praising and worshiping God. It's of importance. We have to do it. But, but 
but because we're in this lackadaisical mind, we don't do it as often as we need to understand what I'm saying. Why? Because I've become comfortable. Uh, I know how to talk to God. And when I talk to God, I know exactly which words to say. And I know exactly, uh, you know, the tone to release my prayer in. And I know the posture to assume and to get the attention of God. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, some of us, you know exactly when to release that hallelujah. You know exactly how loud to release that glory to God. You know how much energy and effort to put in your hand clapping. How much energy and effort to pull the anointing so that the anointing can be seen dripping on your praise dance before God. Oh, the truth of the matter is you know how to get the attention of God so much so that we have become comfortable. We become comfortable. And if we're not careful, it's here in this place of comfort that the enemy will seduce us. And, and, and before you know it, you will be so far away from God, thinking you still close to God because you know how to pray. You still got a tongue in your mouth. Oh, but you got to understand he, 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 he is far away from you. David is saying, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Bring back that gladness. Bring back that cheerfulness. Bring back that rejoicing. I want to rejoice again, God. Ah, oh, see, that was a point. You didn't have to have God do anything. The fact that he was God, the fact that you knew him, ah, oh, and all of his suffering, the fact that you knew Jesus, yes, you are, as being the Lamb of God, the Son of God, the fact that you could call Jehovah, Jehovah, and he has introduced himself as Adonai or introduced himself as Emet Elohim, Emet, the faithful and true God. This was enough to cause you to rejoice. Uh, the fact that he spoke a prophetic word to you, uh, you understand, to let you know, listen, I heard you, to let you know that I'm mindful of you, to let you know that, listen, you're right on time, you're right on course. And although the enemy is messing, you got to understand, I am working behind the scenes. Just trust me, be still and know that I am God. See, it used to be this would bring you a moment where you would just rejoice. The fact that he heard your cry, the fact that he answered your prayer, the fact that he led you to a place in scripture. And when you begin to read that place in scripture, how that thing ministered down on the inside of your heart, this used to bring you to a place of rejoicing. Uh, I wish we would get back to this place. And, and see, the truth of the matter is some of us, we've got so far away from this particular place, you don't even know how to return. Uh, that's why I'm like, David, God, restore. Restore means you bring me back, God. You return me, God. I've lost my way, God. I understand I'm a true worshiper, God, but the way of worship, I can't find no more, God. I bless your wonderful name. The way of worship, God, I have seen to lose it, God. And see, now God may have to bring you all the way back. You got to start back at the gate where you just had access to enter into the most holy place. Oh, I got to bring you back to the gate. Uh, move through the courts now and enter into that most holy place. Uh, uh, I got to reintroduce you to the way of worship. I got to re introduce you to the way of praise uh, uh, because now when things happen in your life now when the enemy is messing you get all blustered uh, uh, you halfway don't want to talk uh, you start dealing with fear you start dealing with doubt and unbelief but it used to be a time you took when the enemy was messing with you oh this is my sign that God is about to do something let me go ahead and begin to bless God in advance uh, because you messing you trying to stop and block what God is doing is the indicating sign that God is getting ready to bring me for God is getting ready to let me experience breakthrough in my life. Woo. But now when the enemy is messing with you, you want to take it as a sign that God is not moving.
it. You begin to struggle with your faith in God. Oh, you say, God, you ought to say, God, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Bring back that joy, God. Bring back that gladness, God. Bring back that rejoicing down on the inside of me. He says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, right? And, and this is salvation. And the Hebrew was talking about uh, bring that joy back up, knowing that I've been delivered. <laughs> oh, bless your wonderful name. Knowing that I've been delivered. I can bless your name right there, God. You deliver me from a lying spirit, God. You deliver me from a spirit of lust, God. You deliver me from the spirit of harlotry and adultery, God. You deliver me from fornication, God. You deliver me from Rebellion, God. You deliver me from death, God. You have snatched me out of the hands of the enemy, God. Oh, so bring me back to the place of rejoicing, God. Right here, right here, right here. He said, restore to me the joy of thy salvation. Salvation is also defined as a safety, God. See, before I understood the blood the way I understand it now, before I understood what he did on the cross, like I understand it now, I didn't understand in having safety when I get inside of him. I don't know what it was to be be safe, right? Yeah, and when those of us who are fighters, all you know to do is fight. I, I'm, unless this is going to be real, he, he's still delivering me from fighting. And I'm not talking about fighting an individual in this natural realm, because there were some days I found myself fighting with God. I don't want to do that, God. I'm fighting. The truth be told, negotiation is a subtle fight with God. Yes, it is. You're trying to change the mind of God, change the heart of God. All you're doing is subtly fighting with God. But some of us, you got to stop your fighting. You're fighting the wrong way and you're fighting the wrong one. Oh, I bless his wonderful name. He knows what is best for me. Even though I don't think this choice, his choice is the right choice for me. I have got to rest assured and reassure myself. He knows what is best for me. He knows what is best for me and my family. He knows what is best for the ministry. He knows what is best for this nation. He knows what is best for us. He says, restore to me the joy of that salvation, that deliverance, God, that safety, God. But understand this, salvation is also defined as liberty, God. Restore unto me the joy of your liberty, God. And do you all know this right here? The natural expression that one should demonstrate when they've experienced deliverance or the experience safety, more important, when they've experienced liberty, the natural expression is going to be that of praise. Oh, nobody had to ask you to bless his name. I'm talking about when he delivered you for real. Nobody knew how bound you were by lust. Nobody knew how bound you were by fornication. Nobody knew how bound you were by the spirit of lying, by the spirit of whoredom, by the spirit of rebellion, by the spirit of witchcraft. Oh, you knew. But when God delivered you completely, nobody had to tell you to open your mouth and bless his name automatically hands went up and whether you were familiar with praise or not you begin to say thank you you begin to clap your hands and say thank you and before you know it jesus thank you jesus ah thank you for saving me some of us we were so so caught up in the fact that god deliver us we didn't have no cute praise we were shouting to the top of our lungs thank you jesus i bless your wonderful name and hallelujah Hallelujah to the God of heaven for saving me, for delivering me, for setting me free. 
What am I saying? The natural expression. When you experience liberty is praise. It is praise that you got to understand because of what David has done, he has now been bound by the guilt and the condemnation and the shame as a king of what he's done. Because what he did in the secret has been exposed in the light. The prophet has come to expose this thing. And he's not bound by it. He said, oh, but bring me back to the place of liberty, God. I <laughs> said, so you got to understand this thing. We're going to drop down in verse. He says, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. And some of us got to just get back to call. Oh, Lord. You just got to get back to call. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Yeah. We talk about Adonai. He is the sovereign Lord, meaning he's still in control. I messed it up, but you're still in control, God. You have a way of still bringing the glory out of my mess of God. You still got a way of producing the message out of my mess, God. You are the sovereign Lord. At the nine, he said, at the nine, open down my lips because you know what? Because I'm not bound because of the choices that I made, of the burden of the pain that I'm carrying, the condemnation from my choice. You got, you got to understand the guilt and the shame of my choice, God. I can't praise it like I used to, God. You understand? I I was able to praise the way I did and dance before you, God, till I danced out of my clothes. I was free, God. I experienced the liberty of God. But somewhere when I made this wrong choice, God, I messed up the liberty of God. I bound myself. Oh, come over here, Paul. Oh, oh, don't go back and entangle yourself in a place of bondage. Yes, I, I went back and tangled myself up, God. Oh, but I'm so glad that you are a God of grace. I'm so glad that you are a God of mercy, God, that even when I tangle myself, you're still Lord enough and powerful enough to break the chains, God. Break the yokes of the enemy that I placed on myself. He said, oh, Lord, at the nine, open down my lips because I'm not even in a place. I don't even have the power to open my mouth to praise you, God. Now, understand, in my mind, I can see myself giving you praise. In my heart, I can feel myself giving you praise, blessing your wonderful name. I made a decision that I want to give you praise, but because of what I've done, I can't even open my mouth to give you praise, God. But I'm making a choice. The fact that I'm crying out to you, God. I made a choice that I choose you again. Yes, I chose Bathsheba. And yes, I chose momentary pleasure. But God, I'm choosing an eternal God. I'm choosing the omnipresent God, the omnipotent God, the omniscient God, the sovereign God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, ah, the Lord of hosts, the God of the angel army. I choose you again, God. And because I'm making a choice to choose you, God, I can't open my mouth. That's why I say, Adonai, sovereign Lord, open my lips, God. And he said, and my mouth shall show forth your praise. When you give me the liberty, God, back in my mouth, God, I'll bless you all on my own, God. With everything that I have, with all of my strength, God, with all of my mind, God, I'll fix it on you, God. I'll fix my eyes on you, God. I'll fix my heart on you, God. Everything that's in me, God, from the depth to my soul, God. I will bless your name, God. I will honor you, God. I will reverence you. I will give you the praise that is due your name. He said, but open my mouth, God, and my mouth shall show forth that praise right now. I, I, I want to, but I can't get the hallelujah out. <laughs> 
you just did, even if it wasn't for me, but I saw you at work in the life of someone close to me, God. I want to say, God, you're worthy, but my mouth has been locked. My mouth has been shut where it has not been allowed to give you praise, God. And God, I am in this predicament, God. I'm in this place, God, where my mouth has been shut or forced closed because of a bad choice. But I'm saying, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Bring that liberty back. And once that liberty comes back, I'm saying, God, I deny open my lips, God. I open my lips, the lips to know the place of intimacy, passion. Bring back the passion in my praise, God. Bring back the passion in my worship, God. Bring back the passion and the fervency in my prayer and in a session, God. Bring back the passion, God. When I read your word aloud, bring back the passion, God. Oh, when I'm reminding myself of the promises of God, when I'm speaking them aloud to myself, bring back the passion of just standing flat, put it on your word, God. Blessing your wonderful name in spite of who's in the Oval Office, God. Oh, because I understand you reside in me. Bring back the passion of knowing that you are God and you're God alone. And besides you, there is no other God. Bring back this passion, God. And when you do, my mouth, uh, yeah, it shall show forth yeah, your praise, God. The praise that belong to you, the most high God. The praise that belong to you, the ruler of the universe. The praises that belong to you, the creator of the heavens and the earth. The praises that belong to you. Mm, I bless your name, God. I bless your wonderful name. See, the bondage, you got to understand the bondage from the bad choice that we have made is weighing us down. It's keeping us from being able to bless his name and, and, and not being able to do something that you really want to do, especially when you know to do it. This is where the enemy tries to mess with your mind and make you think something is off up here. Because you know and what you recognize and what you see and what you witness, whether it be in your life or in the lives of others, this is a moment to bless his name. But because I can't bless his name, you begin to question, you know, there's something wrong with me. I should be giving God the praise right about now. Oh, because see, some of us don't even recognize you can't give him the praise because of the weight of the bondage from a bad choice. You don't understand your mouth has been locked up because of the weight and the bondage of a bad choice. Oh, but when God brings you into the understanding, listen, your mouth has been forced closed because of the bondage that you have allowed yourself to be a partaker of. Oh, oh but come to me. Come to me oh, and come and repent. Oh, come on, come on. Let godless sorrow, oh, let godless sorrow work about a true repentance in you. You have got to come to me knowing that you have wronged me, the Lord, knowing that you have hurt the heart of God, knowing that you have disobeyed my commandments, my ordinance, my statutes, my precepts. You have went contrary to my word. You have went contrary to the ways of God. But come to me and repent. And I'll cause your mouth to experience salvation. Yeah. Oh, see, some of us, your mouth is at a place where it needs to be saved again. Uh, save my mouth all over again, God. Bring deliverance to my mouth, God. Bring safety to my mouth, God. But more importantly, bring back the liberty, God. Liberty to choke up your praise from my mouth, God. 
Oh, I bless his wonderful name. He said, for thou desire not sacrifice. You don't want the burnt thing. You don't want me to go and slaughter an animal and bring you an animal, God. He said, else would I give it? If that's what you really want me as the king, I don't have a problem, God, going to get the animal myself. Because you got to understand being king when he spoke it, uh, they were already prepared whenever he needed a sacrifice. If they thought he wanted a sacrifice, they were ready to deal with the sacrifice and have it prepared. Uh, but when you had a place of desperation, when your mouth has been forced closed and God brings you to the knowledge of how to get your liberty restored back to your mind where you can bless and where you can praise her. what he's saying if that's what you want how would me with my crown on my head chapter in my hand me with my beautiful majestic robe how I gonna slaughter the animal myself God and I bring it before you and lay it on the altar God you gotta understand what he was really talking about uh, this altar well, when you come and you burn the sacrifice where it's consumed it was an ascent, meaning we had to go up. If you're calling me to come higher, I will come and bring you this actual animal from the slaughter gun. He said, if that's what you want, he said, but that's not what you want. He said, you delight not in the burnt offering. You ain't worried about this burnt offering. These things of tradition. These things of custom that are customary to us as a people. Oh, but we're at a place now with God. You want the heart. Uh, bring me your real heart. Bring me your deceptive heart. Bring me your hard heart. Bring me your lying heart. Bring me your fearful heart. Bring me your rebellious heart. Bring me your the whore that's in your. Bring that, that, that whoreish heart. Bring that one. Bring that fighting heart. Bring it to me. Bring that lazy heart. Bring it to me. Oh, that. That, that heart that's out of control, bring it to me. Oh, that heart, that heart that's unwilling to submit, bring it to me. That heart that wants to rebel, bring it to me. That heart that's bringing confusion, bring it to me. Bring me your heart. I want your heart. So you're so used to doing the customary thing that is custom to us as a people, customary to us as believers, the sons of God. You're used to giving God praise. Oh, but I don't want your raggedy praise. Uh, that praise, because it's not even pure. It's not even coming from a place of purity. Oh, your worship, it is not true. It's mixed with a little bit of emotion. I don't want it, but I want true worship and spirit and the truth. Bring me your heart so that I can deal with your heart. So that when you worship, Worship is coming from a place of purity, sincerity, and it is devoted to the right individual, not mixed with anything. Bring me your heart. Hmm. He said, listen, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou would not despise the sacrifices of God or the sacrifice that God wants is a broken spirit. The spirit denoting the seed of the appetites, seed of the mind, seed of passions, and sometimes expressly the will of God and the will of man that is carried out in the individual. Um, the spirit denotes the breath. Mm. It's, it's not that expression 
explosive full breath of God that's on display in you anymore. Oh, some of you, some of you, God can't even exhale. The exhale of God or the inhale of God is not full like it once was because your ability to breathe in God and breathe out God's spirit denoting breath. Oh, something has been interrupted in your respiratory system in the realm of the spirit. Oh, oh, something is hindering your ability to breathe out. Ah, and inhale and exhale the spirit of God like God has designed you to. Huh? But he said, listen, 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 listen. Ah, the sacrifice that I was a broken spirit. David mm -hmm. um, said, my soul panteth after thee. Like the deer panteth and the pant is a short Oh, come on. This is what David is saying. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Because of the thirst that was unquenched in this particular animal, uh, the normal breath that the animal was accustomed to taking in and exhaling, it was now distorted. It was now broken up because of the pent. Oh, and God is saying the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. <laughs> oh, what I'm trying to tell you is you got to come to the place of the pent. Oh, where you are longing for God, where you're thirsting for God. The only only way I'm going to come out of this, God, you got to bring me out. The only way I'll be delivered if God, unless you deliver me, God. I'll only be saved, God, unless you reach down and save me, God. Oh, you got to come with the pen. The pen is this broken spirit, these broken breaths, denoting God. If you don't quench this thirst, God, if you don't move for me, God, if you don't free me from this bondage, God, if you don't break this yoke of guilt, this yoke of condemnation, because you of shame, the burden of pain that I've caused others. God, this thing is going to destroy me from the inside out. Oh, but he's looking for that pain, that broken breath uh, to let him know that you are broken and tore up on the inside because of what you have done, because of what you've allowed yourself to partake in. I'm looking for the pain from, hey, my God, uh, some of you ought to come back. You done came to the water, but listen, you just came to see who else was taking a drink, knowing you needed to drink. You need to come, but this time when you come to the water, come with a pen, denoting God, my thirst will only be quenched by you. He says now, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. Again, I want to deal with the inner man, the inner man heart, denoting the inner man, uh, the mind, the sea, the appetites, the passions, the desires of the man. I want to deal with these things. Is this because of your desire, your lustful desire for this beautiful woman that got you in the predicament that you're in? Uh, I have got to now deal with your desire. They have to be broken. Those desires that don't bring God glory, they must be broken. I want to do those passions, those things that we lust for, that we know that it's not godly. It needs to be broken in you. Whether it's in your mindset, because there were some ungodly thoughts. And when it's not thoughts, there were some ungodly memories that keep coming up. Oh, yes, some ungodly memories in the form of pictures that your mind brings out of your mental roller decks and brings to the forefront. It needs to be broken. Yeah, that, that, that tie that you have to that thing, it needs to be broken with these ungodly memories. Broken. He said a broken and a contrite heart. 
Now, it wasn't enough to say, because broken, we understand broken, broken denoted in the Hebrews, talking about being broken in pieces and all of these different things. But when he says a contrary, how he said, broken heart again. So it's not enough for your heart to be broken once. I want you, I want to make sure your heart is broken. He broke it. The number two, a witness. I, I want it broken to be a witness. Uh, broken, but at the same time, let's come back to a place of brokenness by your heart being contrite. It's not going to just be a witness to God, but it'll be a witness unto you. These are the sacrifices of God of a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. Oh, God. Oh, God. Thou not despise a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you would not despise this God. You 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 <clears throat> look upon this God. You will look upon this. You will not hold this state of who I am, God. You will not hold it in contempt, God. My heart will no longer be something that is despicable to you. Something that you can't stand to look at, stand to deal with, stand to hear from. Now that it's broken, and then it's been broken twice, denoting it is a witness, not just a human to me. I now know that my heart is broken. That's why I can now weep at your word, God. Mm. I, I, I can truly uh, go to the people that I've hurt, God, and I'm not just saying I'm sorry or I apologize because I know it's the right thing to do, but I do it because, yes, it's the right thing to do, but I mean it. What I did to you, I'm sorry I was in error. I don't even have an excuse. I can blame the devil and say it was the devil. The devil seduced me and the devil tricked me, but listen. I did it, and I'm sorry. This is what God does not despise. It's not just me making it right with the people that I've wronged, but I must make it right with the God that I've wronged, the God that I've hurt. God, I'm sorry for how I mishandled and mistreated your people. I'm sorry for how I mishandled and mistreated the vessel that is supposed to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. I'm sorry for how I made wrong choices and decisions to bring me momentary pleasure, God, where I felt like your will and walking out your word was too hard. And if I just had a moment to get away from that, God, I would be all right when I found myself returning. Back, but I deceived myself and God. Now I know. So the only thing I can say now is, God, I'm sorry. I messed it up, God. I don't put the blame on nobody. It is me. Thank you for sending a prophet to, to show me that it is me. Oh, God, I used to get upset and angry with your correction, but now I'm so grateful. I long to be corrected, God, because it is a sign of demonstration that you love me. You said you chasing those that you love, God. And it's been a while since I felt you breathing on the back of my neck. It's been a while, God, since you sent words to stir me, move me. It's been a while since you sent someone to bring correction into my life, God. And, and maybe I was just thinking, maybe, well, nobody has to correct me because uh, we don't longer have service together. We're doing it over Zoom. And so surely if you wanted to say something to me, God, they would easily call me. But I understand, well, they're busy with the things that they got going 
no, 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 no. God, the fact that you sent the prophet to correct me, God, I know that I am loved. I'm grateful that I am loved, God. I'm no longer at a place where I despise that correction. I need it, God. Uh, it's a, you're letting me know that you're still interested and mindful of me, God. You're letting me know that I still matter, God. You're letting me know that, God, your hand is still upon me, although I messed it up. But yet you forgive me. I am forgiven. He said, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God, you would not despise. You see, David can make a statement like that. David could write something like that because uh, that although this mess up with Bathsheba, it is documented as the one time that David displeased God. But we understand there are other times in scripture David has messed up, but not to this degree, not like this. But when we look at those other times that David missed, he understood. I can write, I can say a statement like this because I've been there where I messed up. But every time that I've approached you with a broken heart, a, a, a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, you didn't despise this. You kept bringing me close. You loving kindness have I drawn. I'm drawing you in with my love. Come on, get it right. Get it right. I'm, I'm, I'm calling you to come closer. Get it right. Get it right. And the fact that you want to get it right, I will allow you to come closer. Come on, because I told you to be holy because I am holy. Uh, get back to reverence and honoring me. Yes, uh, you understand that this is right. So, so because David has messed up before, he can make a statement like this. You don't despise it because I know it for myself. Because of the other times that I messed up when I came with a broken spirit and a broken account, you didn't despise me. You didn't reject me. You welcomed me. You said, come closer. All I'm telling you on today is there are times you can get so caught up in life. There are times that you can focus so hard on the will of God and what God has called us to do. To, it, it just seems so impossible to even do what God is telling you to do. Till you start finding yourself without even thinking, choosing other things over God and choosing other people over the will of God. Now, it's not that you're setting out to just intentionally do it. But you find yourself loving things and loving people more than you love his will. Yeah, you find yourself loving things and loving people more than you love his word. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself loving things and loving people more than you love him. And I'm not saying you still don't love him. You just love people and other things more than you love him. And in the eyes of God, he sees it as another God. You should not have no other God before me. Turn back to your first love. Oh, some of us, you got to come back to your first love, your first love, that being God. And you got to come back to the place where you say, I choose you again, God. I made a choice when you saved me, but I'm choosing you all over again. And some of us, you just got to get and be real with God and just get to the point where you say, God, save me all over again. God, I throw my hands up, God, and I'm saying, I'm confessing with my mouth and I'm believing in my heart that God raised Jesus by his spirit from the dead, God, and I shall be saved. I 
I'm asking you save me all over again, God. I am coming, God, with a fresh new repentance saying, God, I did that, and God, yes, I did that, God. I also did that, God, but I know you are a God of mercy, and I know that you are a God of grace, and I know that you are God. Uh, you're long-suffering, God. Uh, you're slow to anger and slow to wrath, God. You stand ready to forgive me, God. You stand ready to forgive us as a people. So, God, I'm coming saying, God, save me all over again. God, forgive me every one of my sins, God. And I jump up. I flip up to the earlier part of the scripture. And I echo what David is saying. Create in me a clean heart, God. And renew the right spirit within me, God. Wash me and I shall be I shall be white as snow. Yes, I will, God. And if you purge me with hyssop, I shall be clean, God. Oh, but this time I mean it, God, out of custom and out of tradition. I would just say it because I was accustomed to praying that way. But this time I mean it, God. Creating me a clean heart because I've allowed my heart to become cluttered and filthy and dirty, God, and contaminated, God. And there is residue on my heart from the bad choices and bad decisions decisions that I made, God. There is residue on my heart from the resentment that I've had about your word and about your will and about some of the people, God. Abba, create in me a clean heart, God. Wash me, God, and I shall be clean. I want to be white as snow, God, and I want you to purge me with hyssop, God. I'm asking you to purge my mind, God. I'm asking you to purge my heart, God. I'm asking you to purge my spirit, God. I'm asking you to purge me and my soul, God. I'm even saying purge this body, God, which is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This body must be cleansed in order to house your spirit. I'll create and be a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me, God. Mm. Renew a right spirit within me, God. Then I'll come back and I say, uphold me with thy free spirit, God. Uphold me. Let the spirit that you placed on the inside of me, God, be able to sustain me, God, because I have been baptized with the Holy Spirit, God. Hold me up, God, by your presence, God. Hold me up by your spirit, God. And even when I'm tempted to make a wrong choice of decision again, I am restrained by your spirit, God. When I find myself turning away from the will of God, turning away from the word of God, turning away from the love of God, oh, God, let the discipline of your spirit, let the restraint of your spirit rise up, God. Uh, let the spirit of God stand up in me, God. When I don't want to stand, God, let the spirit of God intercede. When I don't want to pray, God, when I just don't feel it, God, when I don't want to pray in the moment, God, when I feel like what you're telling me to pray about does not even deserve my prayer, God, my time. Let the spirit of God rise up and begin to intercede, God. I'm asking God, hold me up, hold me with that spirit, God. I'm reminding you that you baptized me with your spirit, God. So even when I want to turn away, God, turn my back, God, walk away, God. When I want to be seduced, when I want to be tricked, God, when I want to walk away from your will momentarily, God, let the spirit of God Put a stop, put a healthy no, God. A healthy yes in my spirit, God. Hey, God, I thank you, Jesus. Let the spirit of God put restraints on. Let the spirit of God give me discipline, God. Let the spirit of God discipline my eyes, God. When I already, you already gave me the warning, not my peripheral, God. But let 
the spirit of God disciplined my eyes, God, so that I would not turn my head and look, God. I choose you again, God. I want to come back to the place, God. I'm disciplined, God. I'm disciplined, God, to keep chasing after you. I'm disciplined, God, to keep seeking you. I'm disciplined, God, to keep searching and studying your word. I'm disciplined, God, to keep talking to you in prayer and in a session. I'm disciplined, God, to keep praising, God. I'm disciplined, God, to keep worshiping, God. All I'm asking, God, open my lips and my mouth will show forth your praise. Bring back the joy of your salvation because I choose you again. So I encourage you, choose God again today. Don't wait until tomorrow. Don't wait until noon. Choose God today. You can choose him right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So I pray, God, that as our hearts and our spirit has been pricked by the word of God, let the holy conviction of God, let it rest upon us, God, in such a manner, God, that it will move us, God, to choose you again, God. No matter the choices, God, you are this. Let us choose you, God, the first time. Let us choose you every time, God. I pray even now, God, let us return back to you, our first love, God. I pray even now, God, ignite that fire in us even now, God. Some of us, God, we're just down to the embers, God. But at least the fire is still present, God. Stir the embers, stir the fire, God. I pray call us back to the altar, God, and we will tie ourselves back to the horns of the altar, God, where we will stay close, God, and we will willingly lay down our lives as a living sacrifice because we love you, God. Father, I pray that your word come alive in us, God. Quicken us by your spirit even now, God. Shape us by and through your word, God. I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will restore unto us the joy of your salvation, God. Bring back that joy, God. Bring back that rejoicing. Bring back that gladfulness, God. Bring back that cheerfulness, God. But more importantly, bring back that liberty that comes through the salvation, that deliverance, and that safety, God where our mouth can be opened again, God, where our mouths have been forced closed, bring back the liberty into our lives, God, that we can freely bless your name. We can freely give you praise. We can freely worship you, God. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in us as a people, God. Pray, don't allow the enemy, God, to come and steal the seed of this word, but let it fall upon the good soil, the good ground of our hearts, God, that it will produce a harvest, God, on the inside of us, God, that we're able to produce fruit from the word, God. I bless you, and I thank you for this, your people, God. We will come to the mindset where we choose you again. This we pray in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Every heart said amen. Amen.